Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. By 2010, when her company struck a multi-million dollar deal with pharmacy giant Walgreens, Elizabeth Holmes was the Silicon Valley med tech superstar. She had founded her company Theranos at 19, having dropped out of top US university Stanford, and was introduced on TV shows and in interviews as the youngest self-made billionaire in history. It is a $75 billion industry. Theranos wants all of it. Elizabeth Holmes is part of the new Time 100 list just out. What matters is how well we do in trying to make people's lives better. Her claim was that she had invented a blood test that, with the prick of a finger, could diagnose hundreds of conditions from sexually transmitted diseases to cancer. We've created these little tiny tubes and instead allow for all the testing to be done from a tiny drop from a finger. If it worked, it would have changed medicine forever, but it didn't. It was a fraud. The technology never existed. In January, in a US courtroom, Holmes was found guilty of defrauding investors out of more than $100 million for her blood testing startup. Anything that happens in this company is my responsibility at the end of the day. She commercialized a medical product that she knew did not work. She'll be serving 11 and a half years in prison. The one-time media darling broke cover last week with an interview in the New York Times. Amy Chosick wrote the piece that ran to over 5,000 words. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the reinvention of Elizabeth Holmes, Tarana's founder and convicted fraudster. Amy, the question, I suppose, at the heart of this is why now? Why, after nearly seven years media silence, did Elizabeth Holmes agree to the interview with The New York Times? It's a good question. I think, you know, uh, she's been she was told to go quiet in 2016 when legal problems really started to engulf her startup. And she has not spoken to the media since then. And she's going to prison for over 11 years. And I think she and particularly her partner, Billy Evans, felt like this is the last chance for her to 
you know, speak basically. So, and and I think also they, that there has been this, obviously um, the character that she says she created at Theranos has sort of dominated popular culture in such a pervasive way that obviously speaking about it (laughs) one or two times looking, looking different than that isn't going to change the whole perception. But I do think she just felt like there has been this swarm around her written mostly by people who have never spoken to her, who don't know her. And this is like, I'm going, away. People have said, is this a rebrand? I'm like, I don't know what it's a rebrand for. She's going to prison for 11 years. So it wasn't like I need to like reinvent myself before I start a new company. It was just like she hasn't spoken. And if you're going to prison, I think you probably think about a lot of things that you want to do before you before you go away for 11 years. And this was was one of them. And could you talk to me about uh, how it came about? Like who approached who? Were there any ground rules laid down? Were there any subjects out of bounds? No, it was uh, it was pretty organic. I had heard just through the grapevine that they were living in um, San Diego, that she was a mom, that she might be willing to speak. And because San Diego is a pretty quick drive from Los Angeles, I sort of approached the idea that I would do this. And then, of course, talked to my editors at the Times about how it would all go about. But there were certainly no ground rules. Okay. Um, everything was on the record. I kind of actually, people had commented about the zoo that was something they they I said let me just tag along what you're like because part of the story that I want to do was just like voyeuristic like what is her life like now right Mm. so I just went along with whatever they were doing I did not say can I follow you to the zoo they said here's an average day in our life do you want to come along so um yeah but they were very there were no ground rules and look I like just about everybody else has a really clear image in my head about what Elizabeth Holmes is like, you know, and obviously, and we knew at the time that this was an image that she was very deliberately creating. It's this, you know, Steve, famously, this Steve Jobs copycat, the black polo neck at all times, blonde hair, very austere, weirdly deep voice. Is that the Elizabeth Holmes you found? No, definitely not. Um, you know, she uh, talked a lot about this car- uh, caricature, I say caricature, character that she created at Theranos. And she also, I think it's, um, you know, it's complicated. Um, she talks a lot about her relationship with Sunny Balwani, uh, her partner, her boyfriend, her much older boyfriend, and her kind of number two at Theranos. And they, they lived together at the time. And that he would tell her, and these are all allegations that he has denied, I should say, but that he told her in order to be taken seriously as an entrepreneur, you can't sound like a little girl, you can't dress like a little girl. Remember, she was 19 when she founded the company. So she says she adopted this persona because she thought it was how she would be taken seriously in business. But certainly when I met her, she's just like, you know, if you were at the zoo that day with your kids, you wouldn't have thought twice that that mom in the bucket hat was Elizabeth Holmes. She just kind of blends in with, uh, you know, uh, soccer moms everywhere. So was it was it strange to spend time? I mean, that all sounds like idyllic, you know, this beautiful looking family, uh, you know, mom, dad, two kids in the zoo, sunny day, San Diego. Was it strange to spend time with a family who have this terrible shadow hanging over them? Their mother like, is about to go to prison for years. Yeah, it was strange. And I say surreal in the piece, largely because 
I think once you have been so prominent for so many years as that black turtleneck deep voice, the person you described as, you know, thinking your impressionable, if someone says, oh, no, that was a character, that was a character I was playing that wasn't real. Then when you're, of course, talking to this very kind of sympathetic seeming person, of course, in the back of my head, I was like, but is this another character? You know, so I think the weirdness came from never really believing that that was the real person. And of because if you're saying the other person wasn't real, you know, so there was a lot of, and I think the piece gets at that, a lot of my own sort of negotiating of like what is truth and what can be believed from someone who has been convicted of such widespread lying. Every time you create something new, there should be questions. And to me, that's a sign that you've actually done something that uh, is transformative. So, Look, we know I said we know about her. We know what she looks like. There's been a podcast about her. There's been an award-winning TV show about her. What did she say about her portrayal on screen? Yeah, I mean, so to, she has not watched. She did not watch the dropout on really, Hulu. really though, Amy. Did she not? She did not. She did not. <laughs> she didn't watch it. <laughs> she knows a lot about it, and actually, it was fun. It was it was tragic talking to her parents. Actually, I feel really, really awful for them. No matter what you think of, no matter what you think of Elizabeth Holmes, like I feel like any person convicted of a crime who's going away and leaving small children is a tragedy. I feel like her parents are obviously, this has been very, very hard on them. And they seem to know a lot about the dropout because they were uh, like correcting things in it to me. But but she was not, um, you know, she would just say that that's, she felt there was like a, there was a detachment. She felt like that is not me. That's a character I created. They're not portraying the real me. So there was kind of a detachment about, um, about all of the kind of pop culture uh, um, portrayals of her as like, well, that's not me. I was trying to help people. Do you really believe that? We had a clear purpose. Ultimately, the healthcare industry just was not ready for real innovation. Is there something wrong The tech companies don't have to work under these restraints and regulations. Do you have any idea of what you did? I failed to deliver. We'd all quite like, you know, Amanda Seyfried to portray us. I mean, that's quite flattering, no? I mean, but she didn't see it like that because she doesn't. I also think there, I think I loved, I thought that show was brilliant. I loved it. Um, I think it was, um, I think there is so much comedy in her story. I mean, all of it, you know, the green juices, the, the, the sleeping in her office on a food. There was so much like comedy that said so much about kind of that era of Silicon Valley and startup culture and hustle culture. And uh, like it, there was a lot of comedy. And that's why I think partly it makes for a great um, limited series. Who is that? It's green juice. I bought it for you. It's healthy. If you're going to work 20 hours a day, you need to eat healthier. So what are you saying? You think I look bad? You look like To her, it's a tragedy. So I think it's very hard when you find it to be a tragedy to watch it kind of being catnip in popular culture for, to me, a lot of the kind of more comedic sure. kind of details, you know. I mean, I was struck reading it how unapologetic she is you know she she didn't use the interview to for example apologize to any of her investors who lost so much money in Theranos or more to the point the people who felt using it had compromised their health she, she you know the, there was no apology I think there were 
There were some apologies, in fairness. She did apologize because I really, I really pressed her on how the company had gone after whistleblowers and journalists. And she got very, very upset and said, you know, that she so there there, but you're right, you're right. I think she is she is appealing her conviction. She still maintains her innocence. So to your point, I very much went in saying, I don't want to litigate your whole trial because that's just not like that can play out in the courts. And that's not my job to hear you litigate everything that you've been charged with. Right. <laughs> but she wasn't, uh, I think, I think an apology to investors may have, have interfered with her oh. uh, legal position, <laughs> but, oh, okay. but you're, I think there is, okay. There is something interesting that we talked about because there's a camp of people who like dress like her outside the courthouse. There, she kind of has these groupies, right. Almost like a free Britney thing. Mm-hmm. And that, actually annoyed uh, Billy as well, because those people say she defrauded, the people she defrauded were Rupert Murdoch, Betsy DeVos's family, the Waltons who own Walmart here. These are like huge, very, very wealthy investors. And that's not to diminish the crime. There were there were other investors, of course, who weren't as big, but there were those were the prominent, prominent investors. So she has these groupies who say, You you defrauded people we hate, right? And and that annoys that kind of support really annoys uh Billy as well, because he's like, nobody just says she had good intentions. Everyone if if they're either they're either you're a horrible fraud or you defrauded the people we like. So I think their position is. Uh, yeah, she's maintaining her um, innocence, which I actually think is very interesting because she could have taken a guilty plea and probably gotten off a lot easier. Hmm. Well, we've you mentioned there that Elizabeth, she's got two children. She's the mother of two children, very small children, baby and a toddler. And in your piece, you alluded to the idea that is out there that the timing of her starting a family was more than a coincidence, that perhaps it was calculated to stave off prison. So, for example, we read on this side of the Atlantic Daily Mail headline, had her baby as a last-ditch bid for a new trial. What did Holmes say about that? Yeah, this is a like a big, you know, point of conversation is the timing of her babies and her trial. And look, I think that once you have been accused and convicted of fraud that has played out so publicly, like anything, understandably, anything you do is going to be questioned and and it should be, right? So so I think even the time, even the timing of your children will be questioned as it should be. Um, and so we did talk about it. She, you know, the way she looks at it is that she's 39. She's about to go to prison for 11 years. They always wanted a big family. And I think she thought, and again, I'm saying what she told me, not what my opinion of the whole thing is. But but mm. she, from her, from her perspective, I'm 39. I'm going to prison. We always wanted a big family. Coming up, we'll hear more from Amy Chosick about that interview. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. 
Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. One of the most remarkable parts of the your interview in, in the New York Times is that Holmes told you that she still dreams of being, I'm laughing because it seems so bonkers to me, that she still dreams of being able to contribute to the biotech space and believes that she possibly could. Um, you know, you you say that it's a, sed, it's a steadfast or unhinged belief, depending on how you look at it. Having spent time with her, do you think Elizabeth Holmes is living in the real world? Well, I mentioned several times in that kind of chunk of the story that this is a very delusional kind of thing to say, right? Mm. Unhinged, delusional. Is she living in the real world? No, of course not. I don't think you can have this kind of cloistered existence where you're constantly out trying to get away from the press and constantly worried about everybody you run into at the dog park, you know, (laughs) tweeting that I just saw Elizabeth Holmes and what's her voice like. Hi, Elizabeth. I'm Lisa Guerrero with Inside Edition. A lot of people think it was heartless that you were partying at Burning Man when your company was closing its doors. Can you set the record straight? Is your voice real or is it fake? I don't think you can live in the real world. Like, but I also think that she um, she has this really steadfast belief that people will say is crazy. And I think that she doesn't care if people think it's crazy. Um but that was something that was so interesting to me. It's like she still had the kind of youthful, like naive delusion of a 19-year-old who wants to change the world and start a company. And you're like, but you're 39 and you're convicted. You've been convicted of fraud. So <laughs> there was a detachment of reality. And I think they don't, she doesn't even really mind when I I actually pointed that out. I said, you know, this, this and she doesn't really mind that because she just really, really believes it. So, um, yes, do what, do with that what you will. But, <laughs> but, but um, yes. And as an interviewer, you know, you you say you sort of, you know, you you push back on that a little. You you know, you didn't just raise your eyebrow. You said, "Look, you know, Elizabeth, really, yeah. you know, how was that dynamic then? Did it did sort of a bit of a freeze descend in the conversation?" No, she is like, this is something I don't think people, uh, this was one of my uh, takeaways that she's like kind of preternaturally calm. Like she is not, she's very docile. Like she never got, you know, if somebody came to me and uh, in my house and was like, you're, are you, are you conning me right now? And like, (laughs) obviously when you invite the New York Times and you're expecting those types of questions, but again, she never got like really angry and she always maintained this very very calm demeanor um even in the face of questioning that you know other people would say get the out of my house (laughs) like you know um so I thought that was I just thought that was so interesting and sort of spoke to her um 
her personality. Now, it seemed to me that that during the trial, her lawyers, you know, the defense, well, pretty much broad strokes here, but the defense pretty much was, you know, she's this maverick entrepreneur. This is a Silicon Valley startup. So what? It didn't work. You know, you have to try. Th- that's what happens in Silicon Valley at this, this mega level. The judge, of course, was having none of it. He said it's a fraud case. He used words like misrepresentation, hubris, and plain lies. And for that, of course, she was due to go to prison for 11 years at the end of, of last month. But, you know, she's she's bought some more time with another appeal. When when you were with her, did it, it feel like you were in the presence of someone who was, you know, making preparations for spending years in prison? I mean, her, her toddler is going to be a teenager when she gets out. You know, do, do you think she is more focused now on the possibility of staying out of prison? No, she's going to prison, to be clear. She was convicted and she's going to prison. There are measures in our justice system that you can uh, levers. Uh, you, you mentioned multiple appeals. There's only one appeal. There's multiple levers that you can you can push in order to remain free pending appeal, right? So this is a measure. They were denied the fir- their first uh, attempt and then they uh, they applied in a different court. And then that automatically delays your report date until they can decide whether they that whether you can remain free pending appeal. So this is a this is also a measure that Sonny Balwani's legal team tried and ended up pushing his report date by I think ten days or two weeks. So we're they haven't received a new report date yet. But um, but no, she is preparing to go to prison. Um, to be to be clear, they are just at the same time I think as any probably high profile legal team would do, uh, attempting to pull every lever to delay that. Okay, so this interview was interesting on many, many fronts. Obviously, you know, to find out a little bit more about Elizabeth Holmes after seven years in the sort of media wilderness, you know, where she hasn't appeared at all, having been such a media star. Um, The controversy around it is on social media, obviously, because where else, is that the New York Times are being complicit in Elizabeth Holmes' attempt at rehabilitating herself from this this sort of Silicon Valley cool then fraudster to this sort of, you know, lovely soccer mom in the zoo. What, what you know, what do you say to that? I guess I I mean to the point you made earlier on like she's going to prison. So this was not a, to me a rebrand is like you're out of prison, you're trying to start a new company, you're trying to get money, you know, I don't I don't quite understand the kind of this is her big rebrand. This is her speaking to the media, which she hasn't done in six years. And by the way, guys, she looks and talks different, you know. And I think the Times, from the very moment you read the headline, yeah, is very much framing this as we know that this is what she wants you to think of her. And we're going in with a skeptical, jaundice, you know, uh, journalist eye. So I guess I don't fully under, I, I don't think if you read, if you actually read the story and get past the first two paragraphs and the photos, you would come <laughs> away with this being a miraculous rebrand of her. Um, I, I think in every paragraph, we in, infuse skepticism and a reminder that she's uh, convicted of fraud. I mean, all of that being said, I do think a journalist should go into interviewing any subject with an open mind and an open notebook. That's what I do when I interview anyone, even if they've been accused of a crime. So I think if there are people who kind of fundamentally do not believe that certain convicted felons deserve an open mind or any empathy, then that is just kind of a philosophical difference that I have. 
with people because I do think I approach subjects with an open mind and even empathy, even when they've been accused of things that are abhorrent or 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 convicted of things that are abhorrent. Well, I suppose maybe in this case, maybe there's a little difference in that Elizabeth Holmes was her own creation. You know, she she created this persona, this this company that was based on science that didn't exist, you know, so she created, she, she, you could say that she's a fantasist who in fact was able to create her fantasy world. It, she made it a real thing so that, you know, she's well able now to create another fantasy persona, you know, and embody that persona of this, you know, the, again, this, this lovely mom in San Diego, you know, did you feel that? That is the whole piece, grappling with that. Has she created this other... Pro- like, the piece is not like, meet this lovely mom in San Diego. That's actually not the piece. So I, I, the piece is, here she is presenting this new person, you know? Sure. And, uh, and grappling with that, so... So afterwards, since, has Elizabeth, or Liz, as I suppose we're now supposed to call her, has she contacted you? Have, has she responded? Uh, I'm not going to discuss that. Okay, so we'll we'll just have to make of that what we will. Look, thank you so much, Amy Chozik, for joining us here on In The News. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by John Casey. In The News, we'll be back soon. 